It's another Micro Action Monday on Studio Class. Hi Divas, it's Megan Enan here. We've got another Micro Action Monday for you. So if you've been around for a minute, you know that I'm super into Micro Actions and I wanted to start bringing this into Studio Class. And thank you for all of you who have been with me after we took kind of a break, big break. Yeah, I know, it's been a minute. So, so thanks for coming back, thanks for checking it out. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Maybe just start here and go forward. <laughs> so, okay, back to microactions. Microactions are a big part of what I talk about because it's all about isolating tasks that have impact, that have meaning, but don't derail your whole day. So I really want you to think about what's, what's something that I can do today that moves me towards my dreams and my goals without overwhelming all the other things that we have to do in our lives. So that's where Micro Action Monday is coming into being. Shall we get to it? Today, we're talking about practice. Practice. Yeah, I love talking about practice. I don't know if I like practicing as much as I like talking about practice, but I feel like that might be most of us. So, okay, practice is really the key, like the key to the kingdom of Diva Town. It is something that we all know that we have to do. We all know why we have to do it, because if you've had that experience where you're up in front of a bunch of people, your knees are shaking, you're sweating a little too much, your mouth has gone dry, you're probably thinking, wow, I wish I would have practiced this more. I know, I know, right? But Let's talk about why, why we don't want to be there, what we're going to do to get out of that. Okay, practice and preparation is going to help you manifest a training mindset. So we want to ward off negative stage fright. We want to ward off those feelings of unpreparedness. And we want to de develop a deeper connection with the music. We want to understand the music. We want to be able to convey the music. That's what practice is all about. And... Once upon, in my life, once upon a time in my life, I was a runner. I know, I know. Sometimes it's hard for me to believe. But I did. I ran a marathon, ran a bunch of half marathons. And I really wish I could get back to it. But it's not that season of my life. So one of the things that I did learn during that time, during that season of running, was about developing kind of a training calendar. That really informed how I went about practicing music as well. Because... We have a couple of things in practicing our music that I want you to keep in mind. There's kind of two ways that I approach practicing, which is maintenance and getting ready for the gig, right? Those are two things. I want to be able to know that my instrument is in shape. So I'm, even when I don't have something coming up right away, I'm going to check in. I'm going to practice and check in with my instrument and just make sure that things are flowing, that I'm trying new things, that I'm expanding my sound concept, that I'm uh, finessing certain technical exercises. That's kind of the maintenance part. That's the everyday check-in, every other day check-in. And then the getting ready for the performance kind of thing. That's where you're building skills on a certain piece of repertoire, a certain work, etc. So some of the things that I learned from developing a training plan when I was running, I wanted to share and kind of give an overview. Before I get into that, I wanted to talk about what I think is the single most important thing about practice mindset, which is understanding your own best practice situation. Whatever I tell you in this moment will be for naught 
if you don't know how best you practice. So one of the things that I learned is that I, I'm just not a, I'm not a small chunk practicer. I don't, I don't, uh, newsflash, I don't practice every day. Uh, I know that some people do. I know that it's important for them to stay in that flow. And if they take a day off of practice, they feel disconnected from their instrument or from their, from their body. And that's not me because I really like to have kind of the opposite effect, which is I like to, <laughs> I like to be in it and like binge it for a while. And that makes me feel like I can get deeper into the work that I'm doing, makes me feel more focused. Um, and so I really want you to think about what's, what's my ideal practice setting. This is actually your micro action of the day is what is my ideal practice setting and how can I bring that into my schedule? That's it. I know. Super easy, right? Well, you think, but <laughs> so, so if you're like me and you like to kind of binge practice or whatever, I want you to think about where in my schedule does a longer session, where does that deep work fit into my schedule? For a while, I set up my teaching schedule so that I taught Tuesday through Sunday, essentially. I taught all these days except for Monday. Monday ended up being my my in-the-studio day where I could just practice for as long as I want. And obviously, I don't mean practice as in singing for all of those eight hours. There's so much more that you can do than just that. And it really takes, with the repertoire that I was doing, it really takes, or the repertoire that I am doing, I should say, um, it takes that level of going through solfege. It takes rhythm, counting. It takes understanding the text it takes, putting it into your body for physicality and movement and eye contact and focus and all of those things. That happens for me in a deep work setting. Some of it, like the, you know, count singing, the rhythm clapping, working with a metronome, the solfege, things like that, those things can happen in smaller chunks. So if I only had 30 minutes between teaching a lesson or currently, if I've only got 30 minutes before I'm going to hop on a call with somebody, then I can, I can identify, oh, I've got this section, the A section of this piece that really needs some more count singing done, right? So that I really get it into my body. I know that I'm being accurate with the rhythms, which is super important. I need to get that to a deep enough level that that's not the thing that I'm thinking about the most when I'm performing. So I want to know the pitches and the rhythms inside and out before I get to get to the performance. That's there are so many elements of that that you just have to internalize so that you can get to the part where you're interpreting the text, where you're connecting with your audience. And I want to make sure that every time I get to performance, it's not about just reaching the double bar together. It's about transforming that moment in time for for myself as the musician, for my collaborative musicians, and for the listener, that's what I'm really driving towards. And so if I haven't gotten really secure on just things like notes and rhythms, text, where it's going to go, what am I going to do with my body, all of that stuff, if I haven't gotten really secure with that, it, it prevents me from the thing that I love the most in performance, which is that ultimate connection between uh, sound source and listeners. So, okay. That being said, I want you to think about, you know, 
what your best type of practice is and what kinds of practice you need throughout the week. So if you if you only have 20 minutes at a time, if you only have 10 minutes at a time, then you need to put it in your schedule, get it done. And if you can figure out, oh yeah, I do actually like deep work practice time. Where does that fit in my schedule? Then you can start to identify what goals, what kinds of practice goals you have to achieve in those amounts of time that you have available. So if you only have 20 minutes, you know that you can work on X thing. If you have three hours, you know that you can work on the other thing. So here are some of the things that I want you to keep in mind when I'm thinking about a training schedule, that kind of the idea that I took from my running days, which was you really want to think about your fundamentals and your technique, right? You're out there just making sure that your stride is consistent, you know what your pace is, that kind of stuff. When you're running, we obviously have the same thing for singing. So I want you to think about technical exercises that you like to do. So scales, exercises that bring consistency into the voice and your breath, right? And then when, when I was saying, like, I love to have that deep work session, I always call this the long session or like the long run, quote unquote. So when you're training for the marathon, they always want you to put a long run into your schedule. So this is when you do like your 16 mile run, your, your 20 mile run, etc. And so when I think about this for singing, I think about this as running the whole show or running your entire recital and putting pieces together so that you can actually practice the stamina and endurance that we as singers need. Remember, we're, you know, we're athletes. And so the idea being you have to you have to practice your endurance and stamina across the entire performance, right? So make sure that you're practicing in such a way that you're stitching all of the works together. If it's something like a recital where you have multiple works, you're stitching them all together and getting ready to put yourself out there for that whole performance, right? If you're practicing a role, then then think about practicing with the with the recording of it where you're actually also practicing your movement when other people or your focus and your attention when other people have have their moments on stage where you also need to practice staying engaged right that's part of our practice so think about that for your long sessions if you're not just drilling pieces if you're not just like obsessively soul sessioning like me and then I also want you to think about speed work, right? We talk about speed work when we're running, but we also have speed work when we're singing. So I want you to think about training your voice to move. If you were like me, coloratura was not something that came easily. And I, over the course of time, have figured out how to build that up. And so I want you to think about that too. If it's not something that came easily to you, don't worry, it's something that you can work on. And that's what practice is for. So get on in there and figure out that Cecilia style, like coloratura, you've got this girl, you've got this. So practicing is really not just about locking yourself in a room and singing scales and arias on repeat. That was one of the things with my students that they thought that if they just sang through their pieces a couple of times, that that was practicing. They didn't make any deeper connections to the music. And well, I'm not saying they never did. I'm saying like that, that they would wonder why they didn't feel like they were making progress when their kinds of practice was just running through things over and over. So I really want you to set intentions before your practice time. Say, what is the thing that I'm actually working on here? How's it going to get better? So, that's what I want you to take away from this. Your micro action is about deciphering 
what kind of practicer you are and where does that fit in your schedule. And finally, setting an intention every single time you practice. All right, that's it. Thanks for joining me, divas. Stay sparkly inside and out, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me for Micro Action Monday. Again, I'm Megan Enan, and you can find me on all the socials at Mezzo Enan. That's I-H-N-E-N. Did you know that studio class is part of the Sybaritic Singer? It is. And if you liked this episode, you're going to love my 29 Days to Diva series. That's on SybariticSinger.com. And if you liked this episode, will you please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast? Thanks. It means a lot to me.